Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are thankful and grateful for the opportunity you've given us once again to be in your house. Spirit of God, we welcome you. We say have your way amongst us. Teach us. Show us. Let us learn from you. You say you are our advocate. You are the great teacher. You are the spirit of truth. I avail myself that you will use me and minister to our hearts. We thank you. Lord Jesus, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Wonderful. How many of you enjoyed the fast? You, you, how many of you woke up yesterday and when you realized you are not fasting, certain joy came into your heart? Be honest. Oh, you rose up on Monday morning and then you said, hey, we are not fasting today. Sorry to my cooking pants. Some people have planned to make up for the whole week. I have stopped doing that. Please stop. Stop doing that. Amen. But it was a great joy to arise on Monday morning and realize there was no fast. Isn't that so? Oh, yes. It's not easy to fast. We have to be honest with ourselves. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Everyone, you are serious Christian. Select one day besides Thursday. Th- the reason why I have chosen that we fast on Thursday is to give everyone an opportunity to fast, to experience fasting, or let fasting be part of your Christian life. But you also, you should also have a day on your own, at least a day on your own that you say you fast on this day and you pray. Do you see? Sometimes you should say, I am fasting for three days and just seeking the face of the Lord. Just on your own. Nobody has made an announcement for fasting, but you are fasting for three days. By the grace of God, in this church, we fast at least, if nothing at all, 52 days in the week. 52 days in the year. Isn't that, we have 52 weeks in a year. Is that 56? How many weeks do we have in a year? 52. Why are you saying 56? You're confusing me. Amen. At least. But add, add some days also. And I believe you are fasting on Thursdays. Please. <laughs> Don't intentionally forget. Amen. Don't intentionally forget. On Thursdays. Wonderful. Well, for, I want to share something with you for... A very short time, and then we'll go home. I promise you, we'll go home. 
on time. So we've been sharing about the mandate of every believer. The mandate of every believer. We started sharing this message um, in the beginning of July when we were sharing from the book, Many Are Called. And most of the things that I'm sharing with you, I'm taking from this book also. Hallelujah. I'm taking from this book and it's blessing me personally. But um, we, um, we are going to, we will enter some, into something else. But I feel there are some things that we still need to learn as serious Christians. And so I want us to continue with this particular series, The Mandate of Every Believer. The Mandate of Every Believer. We have a mandate as Christians. We have a mandate. And if we have a mandate, then we must carry it out by all means. Amen. If you have a mandate, mandate is an authoritative order. Do you see? Or an authoritative command. It's a command. It's an order. You have been given a mandate. That means you have to fulfill it before you are called. You have to fulfill the mandate before your, your, your maker comes or your maker calls you. A Christian has a mandate. So before we continue, let us read our foundational scripture, which has been our mandate, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. To 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Listen to this. He says, All power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. All power. Whatever power you can think of is being given unto me. So I have come to make such an important announcement to you because all power has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. All power has been given unto me. For what? For what I am about to tell you to do. I have received all power and this is the reason for the power of heaven and earth. Can you imagine? That means that if Someone comes and says, all power in the heaven and all power on earth has been given unto me. Then you can imagine that then the person is going to do some wild thing. Do you see that I am your leader and all power in the earth and in the heaven has been given unto me. If, for instance, I come and announce to you that all power, all, all power or all all activities commanding uh, um, all our activities concerning our summer camp this year has been given unto me. Don't you expect that as church members, then you are going to have a lot of work? Wouldn't you expect that? That, hey, Reverend has been given the authority and the power to organize the entire summer camp. Now, then that means that you as a church, that means that the choir is now expecting a lot of work. The instrumentalists are expecting a lot of work. The, um, the um, ashes are expecting, that means I'm going to need you to help me to have this thing done. Isn't that so? Or if I come and I say, all the wealth, all the wealth in, the, in New York City, if you rise up, 
And then you hear in the news, you hear in the news that I, your, your pastor has been put in charge of New York City uh, or has become the controller. Or the financial, whatever, you know, world trade has been, your pastor has been selected to be the head of all of don't you, can't you expect that now some words should come to you now? Some great positions should come to you. That we, we have been following this man when he was nobody. Now something should come to us now. Don't you expect that you, can, you should be able to come to me and some big position can be given to you? You would expect that. Easily. Do you understand? That is, what, that is what the disciples also thought. When, Jesus, when, Je- when they learned that Jesus had received power over heaven and earth, they were asking, when are you going to restore the kingdom to us? You see, when am I going to be a finance minister? When am I going to be the minister for trade and tourism? When am I- that is what they were expecting. Do you see? That is what is... So, but... This is what he's telling you, that this power that I have received, it is going to make you now go. He says, it says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. He didn't say, so I am requesting that you go. I am begging that you go. Hey, if I've received such power, you have to go. You must go. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So maybe you would have expected. That Jesus came because if you read some other versions, it says he broke the silence. He came and says, behold, all power in heaven and in earth had been given to me. So you see, the people were attentive. Wow. Really? So then they would expect that this is, but this is what he means. This is what it's meant for. Whatever your expectations are of the power, whatever you, you were expecting that this power should bring you. He says, this is the purpose. Therefore, he says, go. Go. It's a mandate. And every serious Christian who wants to carry out this great mandate must carry it out, must go. Amen. Amen. You must go. You must carry out this great mandate. Hallelujah. Now, to carry out this great mandate, there are some few things that I want to teach you. That you need to learn. And especially if you are in Lighthouse Chapel International, there are some things about this commandment and this mandate that you need to know. If you want to be an effective evangelist, if you want to evangelize effectively and you want to see results, there are some few things that you need to know. And the first one that we are going to learn tonight, we're going to take it from Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And verse 16. Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. Are you there? 
It says, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. A certain man made what? A great supper. Not supper. A great supper. It says, A certain man made a great supper and bade many or invited many. Bade many or invited many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden or that were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. All the people he invited, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore, I cannot come. Simple. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to make up business stories with land and with this. I have just married a wife, and I cannot come. You know, sometimes you call, and some people will tell you, oh, why didn't you come to church? Pastor, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not, I was tired, and I was sleeping. There used to be a sister, she would tell me, she says, I felt too lazy to rise up to come. I was tired. I slept. Easy. This is what he said. He says, I have married a wife, and therefore, I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things, or gave this report to the master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly, into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you be angry? If you have made a great feast, you have invited so many people and one by one, each one of them is making an excuse. He says, Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his master, Go out quickly, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in, bring in hither the poor and the men and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and now compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Go out, go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, this is a very interesting story. You will see that there is a word here. It says, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them. Compel them to come in. That my house may be what? Filled. That my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. Now, this word compel is a word that every Christian who wants to be a witness for Christ should know and should have the ability to do. Amen. Amen. The ability to compel. And the word compel is translated from the Greek word anakazo. A-N-G-K-A-Z-O. Anakazo. Hallelujah. Anakazo. And anakazo means to necessitate. To necessitate. To, or to make necessary. To necessitate. Or to drive. To necessitate. To drive. And to constrain by all means. To constrain by all means such as force, threats, persuasions, and entreaties. Hallelujah. Now you realize in the scripture that the man initially invited the guest. Do you see? He initially invited them. If we read it, he says he invited, he invited special guests. He invited them. He invited people of class. He invited people, well-to-do people. He invited them. He says, the man said the guest, the, 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 the feast is ready. He says, and he sent his servants. He says, verse 16, he says, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. What does the New Living Translation say? He says, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. He sent out many invitations and, his, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them. So he has sent out the invitations. Do you see how when somebody is organizing a party or you're having a wedding, you send your invitations ahead of time. So the man had sent out his invitations for people to apportion their t- or schedule themselves for the party. Do you see? So that he gave them advance notice. And now when the supper was ready, like when your wedding is about to come or your whatever party, you send reminders for people to people who have not responded to respond. You say, do what they call RSVP. They never respond. Do they respond? You send them to remind them and do all sorts of things. You are reminding them. You want to make sure that this person is coming. This person is not coming. This person, because you don't also want to overspend. Isn't that so? Because you are even paying a table for each person. Sometimes you are paying as much as $80 per person or $100 per person. And so, and the people that are making this for you, whether you have someone sit or not, they will charge you for the head. Isn't that so? So you want to make sure that the people receive the invitation. So he sent out the invitation. He said he sent many invitations. So initially, he sent out invitation to the people. 
And the Bible said they all began to make excuses. They all began to make excuses. And then he went on and he said, go and bring them. Do you see? So he moved from inviting them to now bringing them. Look, the people, these rich people who have money to marry and rich people who have money to buy lands, businessmen, rich farmers, and they are not coming. Go, go and bring these people from the street. Go and bring them. Do you see? And then the servant came. The servant brought them. But then the servant realized that there's still room. People can still benefit from this feast. We cannot let this feast go waste. So the servant came to the master. You see, the servant was not tired. The servant went around begging people, come in, bringing them. He brought the bus, sit down, let's come in. He brought the bus again, brought some more people. And then he, you expect that he'll be tired. And then he, you would expect that you will let one sit here, one sit there, so that the place looks full. Isn't that so? But he arranged them, and then he realized that there's still more room. So he went to the master again, and then he said, so the servant showed these things to the master, and then when he went to bring these people, he went to the master again and said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. Yet there is room. That is a good servant. The servant is from the master's house. So he says, yet there is room. So down the master says, okay, now we have tried invitation. It didn't work. We have tried bringing them. It didn't work. So now go and anacazo them. Go and compel them. Compel people from the highways and the hedges, from the byways. Compel them to come. Go and force them to come. Hallelujah. He says, go and compel them to come, that my house may be filled. Beloved, the house of God will not be filled by invitations. The house of God will not be filled by bringing people. The house of God will be filled when we compel the people to come. Hallelujah. When we compel people to come in. When we compel, he says, oh, no, no, no. I have to go and see. No, 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 no. You are coming. You are coming. You have to compel people to come in. And the servant went. Look at this. He says, and the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. That means the ones who were invited, they will not taste of the supper. The ones who were compelled to come in, the ones who were brought in, they are the ones who will taste of the supper. Amen. Amen. And I believe by the grace of God, you may, if you have been here and you have opened your eyes a little bit, you should have seen it by now. You should have seen it by now that it is when we compel people to come to church. It is when we say there's evangelism and we are compelling people. That is when you see salvation. That is when you see souls. That is where you see people giving their life to Christ. Not that there is not a great supper in the house. 
Not that the master has not prepared a great supper, but that the people have not come. That is why they are not tasting of this great supper. Amen. That is why they are not tasting. We compel, we compel them. Hallelujah. Compel them because inviting them is not working. Begging them is not working. One time I saw someone send me something about on the WhatsApp and the person was witnessing and this person will come and then he says, please, can I have five minutes of your time? I just want to share Christ. Oh, I'm not down. No, I have no time. And you go. Then the next day he will come again. Oh, please, can you give me just five minutes of your time? I want to share Christ with you and, you know, the Savior. No, 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 another time. I'm too busy. I'm late. I'm late. So the next time the guy came, he said, he pulled a gun. <laughs> he said, he pulled a gun. He said, kneel down. Kneel down. The guy kneeled down. He says, say this after me. My, I, I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. And the guy will say it. He said, he says, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. For he said, get up. Now go. He says, salute him. He said, what is this? Every time, five, I don't have time. Give me just five minutes. That you have to kneel down and receive Christ right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, now this type of behavior, we use them in so many ways. Except for Christ, we don't use this. We use this type of thing in so many ways. When we want something, oh, we go for it. We go for it. Another time, someone sent me another thing also that a woman, she has been praying about this young man, praying about the young man to propose to him, propose to her. The man is walking around, uh, sometimes giving comments. Sometimes he comes to, you know, they sit down together, eat. She, cook, she prepares food for him sometimes. The man has not proposed. One day the guy came. The woman has bought her own ring. When he came, he said, sit down. Here, take it. Now go on your, on your knees. Propose to me. <laughs> he says, how long? Propose to me now, right now. Propose. How long are you going to wait? He says that thing, you like it. It's a good thing. You see, it's nice. You like it. You're eating the food. You're eating everything. You are doing everything. But you don't want to propose. Now you have to propose. By force, you have to propose. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Because sometimes people cannot see. So the only thing that will cause the master's house to be filled is when we compel people to come in. When we compel people to come in. That is what he says, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. If we want to see the house of God filled, we ought to compel people to come in. Hallelujah. We ought to compel people to come in. Ladies, some men have been running around you for too long. Tell them, listen, if you like these things, go on your knees tonight and propose. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't, don't keep on entertaining. Compel them. If you want your life to be filled, compel them. They have to propose. 
<laughs> Amen. You say we are setting the wedding day today. Listen, enough is enough. Whether you are setting the wedding day today or no more. How long should we go on? Use an akazo. Amen. Hallelujah. Because people, sometimes people do not respond to invitation. People do not respond to your nice approach. People do not respond to nice dressing. You have to compel them to make a decision. Hallelujah. Amen. Because there, there's good thing. There, there's a great feast here. There is great feast. We won't wait for too long. Amen. So a master from, a, a servant from the master's house, who knows what great feast the master has prepared, must do the invited people or must do the guests a favor by compelling them. A servant of the house. If you are a servant of the house, you are seeing the great feast that has been prepared. You, have, you see, you, you, you are witnessing, you are witnessing the great feast that the master has prepared. And you should realize that this feast must not go to waste. We, the servants alone, cannot eat this feast. We cannot sit here and enjoy it all the time. This feast, many people must enjoy it. So when the servant came, he fixed the people such that there will be enough space to accommodate more. And so he wanted to go out and get more. He said, Master, I have done what you, what you begged me. But there are still many, many, many seats available. The master says, go and compel others to come in. Go and compel them to come in. Bring the, that means I compel them to come until my house is filled. And what will bring fullness in the house of God is when we compel people. Hallelujah. And the servant is the one that is supposed to do so. Because you see, the people do not know. The people who have been invited, the guests who have been invited, they think what they are doing is better than what is happening here. They don't know how great a feast the master has prepared. So one comes and says, I have married a wife and I, I cannot come. I have to be with my wife. I have to be, if I have married, I have to, you know, it's a new marriage. And I have to wake up early in the morning to make her tea. So I have to sleep. Because, you see, that is how he knows to prolong the, the marriage. That is how he knows that if I'm going to stay in this marriage for a long time, then I must be with my wife. I must spend time with her. I must do this. I must take her here. I cannot come to this feast. But the servant that is in the master's house knows the great feast that has been prepared. And if this newly married man will even come with his newly married wife to this great feast, his marriage is going to even last longer. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so the servant knows. So that servant must compel them and say, listen, I don't care what you are doing there. I don't care how many wives you have married. You need to come because there is a great feast here that will make you marry this woman until death do you part. Hallelujah. It's a servant that knows. It's a servant of the house that knows that great feast that has been prepared. Amen. 
It's the servant of the house that knows that, listen, I don't care what land you have bought. I don't care. how. Now, how many people buy lands without first inspecting them? You see, he says, I don't care. How you, it's a servant that must go and say, I don't care how many lands you have bought. But if you want real wealth, if you want to see wealth, come to this feast. Because the servant knows that in this great feast, there is a master who gives the power to make wealth. It's the servant that knows. The one who is out there does not know. So the one who is out there feels that if you have bought a land, even at night, in the evening when you are invited to a supper, or on Sunday when you are invited to church, you must go and inspect your land. That is how the land will stay. Who will buy a land without first inspecting it? But he says, I have bought a land, and I must first go and inspect it. Now, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the things of God, one thing that you always will understand, when it comes to the house of God and the kingdom of God, all invitations will be met with earthly excuses. Do you understand? Earthly excuses. All invitations will be met with earthly excuses, such as, I have married a wife. You know, we have three children. Now, coming to church is difficult. Earthly excuses, such as, you know, I have, I have a job now, so I have to go to work on Sundays. Earthly excuses. Taking a job on Sunday such that you can't come to church. Do you understand? So, I have this now, so I cannot come. I am doing this now, so I cannot come. No, if you know the great feast that has been prepared for you. But you don't know. Amen. You don't know. Hallelujah. Now, the same way, if we also want to turn people from hell to Christ, if we also want to turn people from hell to Christ, then we should know, we should know the essence, and we should know what is so bad about hell, and what is so good about the Father's house. Do you understand? Because, you see, the, the, people, the people in the world, the people who have not been in the master's house, the people who have not seen the preparation of the great feast, they do not know. They do not know. And so, your casual invitation, they are not serious about it. Your casual bringing, oh, I'll bring you, they are not serious about it. Do you understand? According to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them. The, he has blinded the eyes of them, lest the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, will shine unto them. The, he has blinded their eyes. So this great feast, they don't know. They cannot see. It makes no sense to them. They would rather go to a place and make money. They would rather go to a place where there, 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 there is a lot of noise. One time somebody was sharing with me, he says he, he, he went to this church and the church, they will give you, they will, they will ask you to bring spear and arrows. You know? <laughs> spear and arrows. And then all through the service, that's what they're doing. Spear and arrows. Throwing spears and arrows at the enemy. And so you will come out from the church and then, so how was church? Oh, you were narrowing the enemy. We threw arrows, spears and arrows at the enemy. Do you understand? And then they pray over spears and arrows, and then you take home. Do you understand? So anytime you see any dark shadow, then maybe you... 
throw one. But you see, a place like that, people are filled. The people are excited. Do you understand? Because the God of this world, he has blinded their eyes. He has blinded their eyes and for such a place, he will let them go. He will let you go. But unless you are delivered from this blindness, unless you are delivered from this blindness, you will not see the great feast that the Lord has prepared for you in his house. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's a spiritual warfare. Amen. And Satan will give you every excuse. Look, we can, we can all have excuses and tangible, worldly excuses why we should not be here tonight. Great excuses. I'm telling you. Great excuses. Excuses that, you know, sometimes some people tell me, oh, Reverend, I can't come to church this Sunday or this Tuesday because of A, B, and C. You know, what am I going to tell you? The only thing I'll tell you is, I say, come, try and come. You have to come. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You have to come. Because the God of this world will blind your eyes. And he will give you a lot of excuses. A lot of, he says, they all began with one consent. That means it's the same God. Blinding them and giving them. They all began with one consent. It's the same God. The same God. Giving you the same earthly reasons. They all began with one consent. Hallelujah. Making excuses. But you, if you know, if you know, if you know what is in hell. You know, there's a scripture in Mark chapter 9. Let me show you. Mark chapter 9 verse 43. If you have an idea of hell, you will not use casual, casual invitations. If you have an idea of hell, you will not use casual come in. Oh, would you? I'm inviting you. Please, I want to invite you to my church this um, coming Sunday. You know, my reverend. Oh, my reverend. You know, he preaches nicely. You know, my reverend. Oh, you will like him. Try and come and try. Try and come. Oh, I'll come, I'll come, you, I'll come. How many of you have been promised, I will come, I will come before? Oh! Amen. I will come. One of my anakazo, one of my people that used to really anakazo people to come to church is Salome. Now I don't see your people coming anymore. They say they will come. Anakazo! Anakazo! Anakazo them! They will all give you excuses. Mark chapter 9 and verse 43. It says, and if, look, 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 that is someone who has an idea of hell. Someone who has an idea. You see, you don't have an idea of hell. So you see your brother or your sister going certain way and it doesn't trouble you. It doesn't trouble you. Look, don't take these things for joke. Do not take these things for joke. The fact that you are living in this world and you have not experienced the other world does not mean that it is there. Amen. The fact that you have not seen it does not mean that it's not there. When you were in your mother's womb, you didn't know that there was this world here. You did not know. But now you have seen that there is a real world. Amen. So someone who came, someone who knows, who has, who knows what is in hell, someone who has put people there and has seen the consequence of what happens to them, he says, 
And if thy, of thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Let's see what is in verse 42. Maybe. He says, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a milestone were hung about his neck and he were cast into the sea. So you see, that is why you should also try not to let people leave the church. That's why when somebody leaves the church, it bothers me. Huh? If someone is going to leave the church, let it not be because of you. If someone is going to stop coming to church, let it not be because of you. That because of your bad behavior, somebody said, I'm not. I mean, nobody's supposed to do that. But people also, their eyes are blinded. Do you understand? So he said, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. If your hand offend you, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. These are the words of Jesus. Do you understand? And he's saying that this hell, eh, this hell place, you are better off if your hand, if your hand offends you, like your hand always makes you go into people's clothes and it's troubling you. Or your, your hand makes you steal su- meat from the soup. Or your hand makes you do certain things. If your hand, literally, literally, he said literally, if the hand offends you like that, cut it off. Do you understand? In other words, if there is even anything in your life, if there is anything in your life, anything as dear as a hand, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Anything in your life as dear as a hand. How many of you want you just want to live with one hand? Yes. So what else is so important that can be compared to a hand to you? If your hand is such important, that means it says anything as dear as a hand to you, even if that thing will prevent you from going to heaven and that thing will take you to hell, cut that thing off. So if a friend, a friend will prevent you from going to heaven and will, that friend will leave you, lead you to hell, cut that friend off. Do you understand? When it comes to, you know that, when it comes to heaven and hell, he says even if your hand will make you, will, your hand will take you to hell, then cut it off. Now it must be that it, it only means to me that hell is a very awful place. Hell is a place that no one wants to be. Amen. Hell is a place that you have to go on your knees and pray for your friend, for your brother, for your sister. That no matter, you see, because the worldly things, they look so real that it's good enough reason not to come. It's good enough reason not to serve God. It's good enough reason. But you, if you have an idea about hell, he says that cut that thing off. And the next verse, he says, he says, where their worms diet not, and the fire is not quenched. This is the place. Worms are eating you, but the worms don't die. Fire is burning you, but the fire doesn't quench. It must be a hell of a place. And if thy foot, thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into heaven, halt, than into 
life. It's better to enter into life holes than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Wow. Amen. Hell must be a, a, a place that you, you don't wish for anyone to be. He says, where their worms dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Wow. Where their worms dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Wow. Amen. So, you have to use an akazo. You have to use compelling reasons, compel the people to come in. Because the casual invitation does not work. The casual invitation, it works in non-spiritual things. It works in earthly things. Like, oh, can you, let's go to a funeral in Virginia. Oh, they will go with you. They will go with you. Oh, my friend is having this birthday here in Queens. Let's, they will go with you. Let's go for a barbecue in Pennsylvania. We are driving all the way to Pennsylvania for a barbecue. They will go with you. Because the God of this world will not blind their eyes to such invitation. Is somebody understanding me? That is why you must necessitate them. You must see it as something that is necessary. By all means, you are coming with me. You are coming with me. I say you are coming with me. Hallelujah. Because you are the servant of the house. And you know what great feast has been prepared in the house of the master. That's why you have to compel them to come in. Hallelujah. You have to necessitate them. You tell them, Don't, you cannot miss this part. I cannot afford for you to miss it. You have to compel them. Amen. Amen. Because you can t- it is better than ten wives. The great feast is better. You have married a wife, so what? It is better than 10 wives. It is better than 50 yokes of oxen. So you say, you are coming. I am taking you. You are coming. Because where I am taking you, it is better than 50 yokes of oxen. Where I am taking you, is better than 100 plus of land. Amen. But the one who knows it is a servant. So if the master's house will be filled, it depends on the servant having this compelling ability, having this anakazo spirit. Amen. Amen. Because you have realized that when you compel the people, they will come in. Invitation does not work. Bringing them will not work. Amen. Sometimes just anakazo. I remember when we went for this funeral, there was a lady that says, we were just having a conversation and you see, anakazo works. We were just having a conversation and the woman just came and says, oh, uh, pastor, where is your church? We want to come, about two or so of them. They came and said, we want to come to your church. At least we will come. And, and then someone was standing there and says, where do you live? I'll come and bring you. Easy. He said, I will come and bring you. So it's not invitation. You have brought yourself, we will come and get you. <laughs> do you understand what I'm sharing with you? We have to have that compelling spirit. We have to have the anakazo spirit. Look, last um, Saturday, this prayer meeting, it almost did not come on. It almost did. 
Look, we were, having, we were supposed to have our all-night prayer meeting. We didn't have the place. And then we pushed it for Friday. I said, the enemy will fight every effort when it's a, special, uh, it's a spiritual invitation. And then we were trying to have it on Saturday. Then we don't have the place. And then Friday, it doesn't seem to... So then, this, we, I learned of Manhattan Church that they are having their all-day Saturday prayer meeting. So I called Reverend and I said, can we join you? And he says, oh, you can join us. If we are going to join us, then I am going to ask them that we can use a gym. I said, oh, we will come. He said, ask for the bronze. If they are coming, they will come in their numbers. So we will go to the... And that's a good also, it's a good credit on us. Yeah. yeah. He was very happy. He says, oh, for the bronze church, oh, come, come, come. So then I also called Reverend Nat, and I was seeking permission. He says, oh, then we will join them. Because I also spoke to Reverend Nat, then we will join them. And the Reverend Nat said, oh, then I will ask for the gym. And then later on, he called me, and he says, oh, he trying to get a gym, but the gym is not available. The only place we have is the top. For that place, we can only have only one church. I said, as for me, I've secured my spot. Whether it's one church, I am coming with my church. That is what I told him. I said, I am coming with my church. So Reverend Nat also, Anakazo and Anakazo, and he said, okay, then we will have the whole place. Then we will divide ourselves. And, be, and we were able to, it worked. It worked. It worked. Powerfully. It worked. We went and we prayed. And we were blessed. Oh. I tell you, dead body will be raised. Amen. Hallelujah. It takes an akazo. When it comes to the things of God, it takes an akazo to get it to work. Hallelujah. It takes an akazo. We have to necessitate people. We must, what are the other words? It says an akazo means what? To force, to constrain, to constrain by all means. That means give no room for excuses. Constrain by all means. Constrain. Give them no room for excuses. Oh, I have not ironed my clothes. I will iron it for you. Go up there. You are waiting for the person. You say, bring in. It's not working. You say, I'm waiting for you. Why are you not here? Oh, I can't find. I'm, I'm, my clothes are not ironed. Go up there and go up there to the apartment. Look, take shower. I will iron your clothes for you. You just go and take shower. I will iron your clothes for you. Don't you think the person will come? You'll be so some way if you don't come. I have offered even to be late so that I can bring you to church. I will iron your clothes for you. He will come. But you just go there and, oh, what time is it? Oh, oh I don't even have any, I've not ironed anything. Oh, eh? Okay, then we make it next week, next Sunday. Isn't that what we do? That's what we do. But that will not work. Next week, the clothes will not be ironed. Next week, sometimes you go and say, oh, I don't have anything to wear this Sunday. I will find something for you to wear. Me, I will, if you don't have something to wear to come to church, come and see me. I'll find something for you to wear to church. Yeah. I'm telling you. So that you don't go to hell with excuses from clothes. Excuses from iron. You don't have an iron. Or you have light off. Here there's doom song. Only in your apartment. You don't have power. You can't iron your, your clothes. Amen. Don't take excuses. Hallelujah. 
Or sometimes they say, I don't know how to get there. I will come and get you. I will come and get you. I will take a cab. You take a cab. You don't drive. I also don't drive. I will take a cab and we will come together. That is someone who has an anacazal spirit. Amen. The second word that I want to show you is biazo. Biazo. Look, we have, to use, we have to use every means to fill the master's house. He says we have to use force. We have to use threats. Threaten people. You want to marry me? If you want to marry me, come. Hey, listen, young woman, any man that meets you, that, that expresses interest in you, you like me, come to church with me. If you like me, come to church with me. Don't entertain and just be happy with rappings and every day you pass by so he will see you and then he will rap you. Bring the person to church. And I cancel the person to church. Amen. Some people, they make comments about you all the time. You say, why all these comments? Come to church with me. You like me? Come to church with me. Amen. And I cancel the people. Threaten them. Threaten them. I'm not saying put a gun and threat them, but threaten them. Your boss wants you to do some favor. You say, you want me to do your favor? Come to church. <laughs> you need a favor? Come to church. Or sometimes, sometimes you are putting in your resignation and they're begging you. They're begging you. They don't want you, to, you, don't, you want me to stay here? Come to church. Come to church with me. I will stay. Use every means. He says, he says every means such as force, threats, persuasions, and entreaties. There are some people you have to beg and treat them everywhere they pass. You are following them. Entreaties, entreat them. Put pressure on them. They will, they will thank you. They will thank you in heaven. They will, when they die, they will thank you. Oh. They will thank you, I'm telling you. I, I mean, the, the woman that died the same day that she gave her life to Christ, I believe she's in heaven and she's very happy. She said, yeah, I almost went to hell. I believe she's thanking me. I believe so. I believe seriously that she's thanking me that last minute, six hours before you died, less than six hours, less than six hours before you died, your mind is set, you are clear, and you receive Christ. Oh. And I tell you, there are so many people who are just about to die like that, and they're around you. Young people, look, old people die, young people die. When you go under a big tree, you'll find green leaves and brown leaves. Not only brown leaves fall down. There are green leaves, brown leaves, yellow leaves, purple leaves, all in between, every age of leaf. You find it under the tree. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, you have to understand what is hell. You yourself. And you also have to understand what is in the great house. And that also depends on your attitude. How you also see the great house. If it is a great house to you. Sometimes you, somebody invites someone to come to church. And the person comes and the church members, they are also not here. The guest is here. How do you call it a house of feast? A great house that is so important to you that the guest has come and the, the, the servants are not even here. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The servants are now strolling in one by one casually. You know, they, are, they have their heels and casually. Casually. You understand what I'm sharing with you? So, if you have invited, do you think that person will see this place as a great feast, a place of great feast, a place that you are crazy about, a place that you are excited about? It means you are joking. So, are you surprised that when you invite the people, they don't come again? Because of your attitude. Because of how you treat the place. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? Use persuasions. Persuade the people. Persuade them. Hallelujah. Persuade the people. Persuade them. Give them no room for excuse. Persuade them. Persuade them. Force them. Amen. Wonderful. Well, the next word that I want to give you quickly is the word biazo. 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 And that is taken from Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11. Biazo means force one's way into a thing. It's a Greek word that means to force one's way into a thing. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11. It says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a, great, a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. Hallelujah. We are going to have to use force, biazo, to force our way through. For the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and violent take it by force. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words of gentle Jesus. That when it comes to the kingdom of God, we have to use biazo. We have to use force. Hallelujah. We have to use force. You see, we use force in everything we want. We use force in everything. Everything that you want, if you want something to work, you will encounter resistance. And whenever there is resistance, there has to be an equal and opposite force greater than that resistance to overcome it. Do you understand? So when you are experiencing resistance, anything that you want, you use force. You, you force. Some people force to study. You force to drink. You, for, you drink coffee. You're forcing yourself to study. You're forcing yourself to read. Amen. Sometimes some people are taking, uh, there was a lady who want, wanted to go to pharmacy school. Hey, I said, this woman, how are you going to go? To? The woman has finished pharmacy school. I have no idea how. But she has finished. She says, it's not easy, but I'm doing it. She has finished pharmacy school. Force! Marry, force! Amen! Force your way. Anything that you want, you have to force your way. You cannot do it. They say, this. you see, there are so many things that you force. You go to, there's a guy that went to look for a job. And then the job involves forklift. You know what is forklift? First of all, the guy doesn't drive. 
he has never acquired a license. So when he went on the job site, they told him, you know, this is what you are going to do. You are going to use the forklift to load things. Can you do it? He says, oh, yes. <laughs> I can do it. So they gave him the assignment. The guy nearly killed himself. The load almost came on him. But this is the guy who sees that this, the, my rent has to be paid. Do you understand? They are kicking me out of my house. I have to pay the rent. So whether I know how to do it or not, I must, I must do it. So the boss realized that the guy wanted the job so badly, so he offered to train him. Do you see? But it is Biazo. It is Biazo. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, there are so many things that we want. We, we will go every mile to acquire it. We will do everything we can. Forcing your way in. You are trying to type your resume for your job, and then you don't know what typing. You don't know how to type. Even they have programs for resume. You don't know how to use it. You go and go on the internet and learn, pull some program and start typing it. Start typing it. Late night, you are sitting there, you type and type with one finger. And then you look for one word, you press it, because the thing they say you can't write it. You have to type it. You, there you go. You don't know how to type. So one finger, you, you will stay up all night, you finish your resume. And then you go to bed. You forget, you don't know that we have to save the thing, right? So when you wake up in the morning, <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, the whole thing is gone. <laughs> you didn't save it. <laughs> you are mad as hell. Hell. But you will sit up again. Would you give up? They say, bring your resume. <laughs> you are looking for <laughs> You find a, you can't, you, you say, ah, have they removed B from, <laughs> this keyboard does not have B. <laughs> you are making phone calls, looking for B, that thing is in your face, you can't even see it. <laughs> you are forced to become a typist. You know what is a typist? <laughs> You will type your resume. You, you, want to, you want your resume. They say that the deadline, you have to submit your resume before noon. Oh, you will get a thing done. You, you have never made a resume before. You make sure that that thing is done. A, B. Ah, where is A? Ah, I don't know. There are keyboards that does not have A. Only your keyboard. Oh my ear frame. There's no B in the, in the keyboard. <laughs> and then you are blaming your grandmother. You say it's a witch. <laughs> As you are typing, you are insulting them. Look at these witches. They have taken the B. Your name starts with the B, and you can't find B, and you are insulting the witches. Meanwhile, the B is in front of you. But you are using force. And you will get your resume done. We need to use force in the ministry. He said the kingdom of God suffers violence and violence taken it by force. Hallelujah. We need to use force. We need to use biazo. Force the person. You say, look, you are coming to church with me. You are coming. 
Ah. Sometimes you invite the person, you invite the person, invite, you are offered to bring the person. You go there and say, today you are coming. Oh, please. No, no, no. no. You are coming. You are coming. I'm not going until you come. You are coming. You are coming. Bring the person. Bring the person. Sometimes you are witnessing to the person, the person. You, you have to force the person to understand what you are saying. Force the person to understand what you are saying. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Our time is almost up. Let me give you the last one before we go. The last word that I want you to learn is anadea. An idea, A-N-A-I-D-E-I-A, an idea. And that word is found in Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, an idea. If you are a member of Lighthouse, you have to know these words. Luke chapter 11 and verse 5. He says, and he said unto them, which of, you have, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because, of, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Hallelujah. So, this is a guy who received a guest. Late at night, midnight, you receive a guest. He says, This friend had nothing at home when the friend, this guest came to him. So, he went to his friend in town to go and ask for bread because all the stores are closed. And his guest has arrived, and his guest must eat. So he went to his friend to knock his door to ask for bread, to lend him three loaves. And the Bible says, for a friend of mine, he says, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within, the one who has the bread, not that he doesn't have it, he has the bread. He says, he from within shall, say, shall answer and say, trouble me not, don't trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. That is the only reason. I cannot rise and come. I cannot rise and give thee. I cannot wake up to come. But this friend, he says, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he's a friend. In the name of friendship, he will not give you. He will not rise up because you are my friend. You know, he can easily say no. You are inviting him, he can easily say no. Because he's a friend. But what will make him not refuse you is what we call importunity. 
which is the word anidea or shamelessness. Shamelessness or importunity sake, he will rise and give him as not three loaves, but as many as he needed. That means at that time, if you are shameless, you can get more than you need. Shamelessness. He says, out of his shamelessness, he will get more than he needs. Amen. And so, you will knock and knock and knock. Now, one of the things that prevents us from witnessing is our dignity. Shame. We, are, we, we don't want to be rejected. But the master, on, on whose behalf you are witnessing, he was rejected. And he says that if he was rejected, you will also be rejected. Do you understand? But if you overlook that dignity of yours, if you overlook that it doesn't matter to you if you are rejected for Christ, then for your importunity, for your shamelessness, you will receive. For your persistence, you will receive. This person, he was not ashamed. I mean, it's embarrassing to go to somebody's door at midnight to knock and say, what is it? We are sleeping. First of all, as you are going, you are worried that you are going to disturb the person. Isn't that so? You are, you, you are embarrassed that you are going to disturb the person. Not for any important thing like, you know, there's fire in my house or flood or something, but to beg for salt or to beg for bread. Do you see? But if you are not, if you put your shame aside, you can feed your guests. If you put your shame aside, you can feed your guests. Your guests will not go hungry overnight. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Sometimes it's because of our dignity that we don't share Christ with somebody. Sometimes we don't want to be rejected. What if I go to talk to him and he doesn't mind me? A lot of people are standing around. They will see and then they will laugh at me. Do you see? But that comes because you, you have dignity. That comes because you are conscious of yourself. That comes because you don't want to be ashamed. You don't want to put yourself down. You don't want to put yourself to be shameful. But for Christ's sake, he says, if you want to win someone, then you have to be importuned. You have to have that importunity. You have to have that spirit of anadea, spirit of shamelessness. Hallelujah. Spirit that when they reject you, you see, a woman who will buy her own ring and ask you to propose to her, she has put the shame aside. Isn't that so? She has put the shame aside. If I have come and I have my own, I'm a woman and I bring my own ring, and I say, please, oh, propose to me. You see, when people hear of it, they will laugh. But the next thing you will see, tan, 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 she's in her gown. Do you understand? You don't know why, how she came to be in that state. Isn't, isn't that so? But you see, you will laugh. And you, you are sitting there with your dignity and you will be single. But as for me, I will beg. I will beg. Some of you too, you like the thing, but you, you are bluffing. Do you see? You are bluffing. You are bluffing and then you say you are stretching him a little. And then you keep stretching and stretching and stretching and then it breaks. <laughs> but as for me, I'm not ashamed. You, I like you already. And then you have come to propose. Oh, easy. 
Yes, when are we ready? Let's go and see Reverend. Let's do the counseling. Let's get a date. Let's start planning. And we are on it. By the time you realize, I'm married. Amen. Shamelessness. It will take you far. Shamelessness. It will take you far. Some of you, it's because of shame that you don't take certain jobs. And you are hungry. They are, they are, they are about to eject you. Oh, yes. They are about to eject you. You know, I remember one time I was in England and then a friend came. He was a pharmacist, you know, and we were all students and we have gone and then we have acquired some jobs. <laughs> and then he came. This was his first time. We, we have gone multiple times. You, you have just come. And then we say, oh, we can find you a job. So we told him about the job. Ah! No. He's a pharmacist. You know, pharmacist, he sits in a pharmacy store with his glasses, with dignity, you know, and with his tie. You know, he drives a nice car. Okay. If you, you know you don't need it, then go. There's a reason why you have come. As he was sitting, as he was in the house and the rent first week, landing to is a weekly <laughs> rent. <laughs> as he was paying and paying and paying, he realized, my friend, I think I have to go. Shamelessness. And then he was eating afterwards, eating and paying his rent. And then he was able to buy his stereo. Stereo with his three, the, the deck and the amplifier and the thing with his speakers. <laughs> Shamelessness. Hallelujah. Shamelessness. If we are going to fill the house of God, we should apply shamelessness. If we are going to win people for Christ, we should have the spirit of Anadea. Shamelessness. Shamelessness. Some of you, you are, you are ashamed that people will see that you are a Christian. You are ashamed. You know, oh, you know, your, your friend. You have a friend that you go for lunch with all the time, but you, you say, oh, I, I, you know, he knows I'm a Christian. He doesn't invade my, you know, he doesn't say certain things about me. Me too, I know he's an unbeliever. He is drinking and things. So we, we don't, we don't, we, we get along. We get along. We have a mutual relationship. And... Amen. Not for Christ. Shamelessness. Shamelessness. They will laugh at you. Is it an intelligent person like you? You believe things like that. Oh, yes. You speak in tongues. Yes. Are you one of the Alabalaba people? Yes. Yes. One time I was at work and then I was praying, you know, and then somebody was standing. I didn't know the person was waiting to talk to me, you know. So I saw, so the person looked at me. I said, What is that? I was praying. I was praying. Yeah. Whatever you interpret it. But I was praying. Shamelessness. Shame, shamelessness. So what three words have we learned? Anakazo, number two. Biazo, number three. What is anakazo? Compel. Compel. What is biazo? Marifos. Marifos. And what is anadea? Shamelessness. Put your hands together for the Lord. Let's use shamelessness for Christ. Hallelujah. Stand onto your feet and let us close.
Let us use shamelessness for Christ. Paul said, I shall by all means win some. By all means, whatever it takes. He says he will become a Greek to the Greek. He will become a Jew to the Jew. But by all means, by, by all means, win some. By all means, win some. By all means. By all means. They will be happy. They will thank you. They will return and they will see the difference. They will return and they will see a difference. Yes, we all came. We all came. We are all doing the same job. We all came the same time. We are all going to school. We are all reading the same material. We are all doing the same courses. But they will return and they will see the difference. But you, the servant, you should do them that great favor. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have the spirit of an akazo. As servants of the house, let us have the spirit of an akazo. Let us have the spirit of Anadea, the spirit of Biaso. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us to put our dignity aside. Help us, Lord, to put our dignity, our integrity. Oh, yes, that we shall put on that shame for you, oh, Jesus. To accept rejection for Christ. We are not ashamed to be rejected. We are not ashamed to be refused. We are not ashamed to be shouted, to be screamed at. Oh, yes. I'm listening, Lord. Speak to me. Think I want to see. I want to see, my Lord, how you see, how you see. Change my heart, change my heart, Lord, and make me holy, make me holy, Lord. If there's anything in my life, Lord, that doesn't honor you, Tonight, oh, Jesus, help us. I'm to have the spirit of an God, Lord, that we will compel people to be in I'm your house. That your house shall be filled. To me. That your house shall be filled. I'm listening. You say invitations did not fill your house. Dear Lord, Lord, that people did not fill your house. Lord, but compelling them to fill your house. To compel my friend to be in the house of God. Oh, yes. Think I wanna be here. I wanna be where you are. Where you are. Say to him, Lord, I don't know who you are. I wanna know who you are. Lord, I pray you are. Tonight, change my heart, change my heart, Lord, and make me holy, make me holy, Lord, if there's anything.
true servants of your house servants that see great feasts prepared servants that see that the master has made a great feast lord give us that anakazo spirit lord to compel people to come and fill your house for bringing them did not fill your house inviting them did not fill your house what will fill your house is when we compel people to come to this great feast. Help us, Lord, to have this ability. Help us, Lord, to have the ability, the spirit of Biaso. Oh, Lord, to force a forceful evangelism. To force the ministry forward. To force the gospel of Christ forward. Help us, Lord. Give us that ability, oh, Jesus. Father, maybe our temperament has caused us to be like this. But give us this spirit. The spirit of Biaso. The spirit that forced the ministry forward. The spirit that pushed the gospel of Christ forward. Give us that ability, oh Jesus. Give us, oh Lord, the ability, the, the spirit of an idea. The shamelessness. The shamelessness of witnessing. The shamelessness of bringing someone to your house. The shamelessness of inviting someone. The shamelessness of bringing someone to Christ. Give us that spirit, oh Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We use these things, oh Lord. We say our temperaments are like this. But Lord, we use these spirits. When it comes oh, to the things Lord, of the world, I long to hear your voice. Therefore, Lord, help us Lord, to apply this also in your kingdom. In oh, the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. If there's anyone here this evening, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You feel you are very far from Christ. You feel that your walk with Christ is very far. If you are like that, or you want to receive Jesus Christ all afresh, all anew as your Savior, with all eyes closed, every head bowed, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I want to invite Christ into my life. Jesus Christ is far from you you know that if you were to die today you are not even certain you are not sure where you will go 
But hell is not a place that Christ wished for anyone. Maybe there is something in your life that is preventing you from coming to Christ. But tonight he says, it is better to get rid of that thing than to go to hell with that thing. If you are here like that, lift up your hand and let me pray with you. You say you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Anyone here like that? Beloved, do not leave this place without receiving Christ. If you do not have Jesus Christ in your life, you do not have tomorrow. Tomorrow is not guaranteed for anyone. You are not guaranteed to have tomorrow. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this after me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. You died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, you nailed my sins upon the cross and you rose up again on the third day you conquered the grave therefore forgive me of my sins wipe away all my sins and please Jesus write my name in the book of life thank you Jesus for saving me in Jesus name amen hallelujah wonderful well if you We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.